You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion, unwavering bias. Another interview podcast, Eddie, we're racking them up. Just another one, mate. Abs- two in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving the punter and the dribbler what they want. And deserve. Absolutely. Uh, joined this week by a very good friend of ours, friend of the show, uh, the drunken sailor himself. He's won the Sydney to Hobart just this uh, this uh, summer gone, this race gone, this most recent race. Uh, and not the, like, super maxi bullshit where, like, you know, Matt Burke's on the boat. Like, these are real sailors. He's won the handicap. He won the handicap, the creme de la creme. The creme de la creme on a live. Uh, he's done a shitload of other stuff in sailing, which we'll get to as well. But let's introduce him right now. Will McKenzie, how are you? Very, very good. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. So... Let's start with the Sydney to Hobart. How, what, a, what an amazing fucking achievement. Yeah, over the moon. I've been frothing ever since and it's kind of starting to take a toll on my body, to be honest. But <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you've been celebrating <laughs> since Boxing Day. But yeah, it's, it's the best thing I've ever done with sailing in terms of achievements. So, you know, I'm just... Where just, does it sit in like the world sailing sort of scheme of things? Like, is it or is it is it more because you're an Australian and like it's got so much meaning for Australians, or is the race itself quite a high regarded international race? I think it's one of the you know in the top five most prestigious races in the world. So, Fuck. you know, there's some things over in England, the Fastnet and a few other races, but the uh, the Sydney Hobart's pretty world renowned and pretty prestigious to give it a nudge and sometimes jack it. Why? Why is it considered so prestigious? Is it? Is it the conditions? Well, yeah. Well, the last three races have actually been excellent sailing, mm. so you couldn't actually say the conditions are the issue. But generally, in the past, obviously in '98 with the bad ones and things like that with storms, it's generally quite a uh, interesting race because you start off with blowing out of Sydney, and then there's generally a, a some sort of change or frontal system that comes through, which mixes it up. Right, and so. Uh, and how how long did you do it in? This year we did it just in forty eight hours and a couple minutes, I think. So you're moving pretty quick the whole fucking time. Pretty fucking quick race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we um yeah, we're fortunate. It was just Norleys the whole way. Board shorts, champagne, strawberries, bit of water <laughs> on the deck, a wipeout here and there. We got a bit gnarly, but you know, it was, it was pretty well, good. Well what's so. that mean? What's that? What do you mean a wipeout here? And like oh. you, you gloss over that, but that's my nightmare. That was actually yeah. So it was a it was a very what they consider an easy race, but we went to change direction, and I'm on a Canning Kill yacht, and the uh, the keel didn't go through, so we changed direction. And the boat was just fully on its side, and um, are you strapped in the whole time? No, nah, not at this stage because oh. we're trying to go to the other side. And do there people, was all- do people fall out of the boat? Well, almost. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we had a sail that was a little bit loose that uh, went from the top to the bottom and there was an unfortunate bloke underneath. And it was actually a pretty gnarly situation. He, uh, you, you got to give it to him. He he held his own and held the sail inside the yacht, but we were pretty concerned that he was going to go with it. And, um, yeah, we managed to just pull it back together and save the sail and How long is that hairy moment? So, like, how long does all of that shit take place for? You know how you're sort of, like, he's holding the sail, you're trying to sort out the situation. Is it like a, fuck, that happened really quickly? Or you're like, okay, we're in a hairy spot here. We don't know how long it's going to take for us to fix this. Well, going into the situation is kind of like a five-second motion and it feels like slow-mo because you know you're fucked. (laughs) 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 And then when it goes bad, you're like, 
it goes bad and it goes really fast. So that situation with the sale and the bloke was probably all of six or seven seconds and oh, people right. just literally jumped to wherever they can to help and somehow we managed to just save the sale and keep the bloke on board. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is there any specific reason as to why that happened or is it just like unlucky? Yeah, no, it was a complete stuff up. We, um, the, as I said, the, the keels, we got a cannon keel boat, like the big ones. Yep. So the, Goes from could, once. Could you just explain this for like I'm a fucking complete yeah. idiot? So the what is a canning keel. The keel is attached to a ram and it goes from one side to the other. To and is the keel the thing that the sail is attached to that swings keels, from side to side? The keel is down the bottom. Okay, sorry. And that's what holds the yacht up. <laughs> right, gotcha. And um, you put it out to one side to create pressure to go faster. And when you change direction, you swing it to the other side. Right. The ram changes, and um, we didn't press the button. When we changed direction, so who was uh, whose fault was that? Oh, the guy driving, of course. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. But um, was he flogged for it? Oh yeah, he got absolutely <laughs> steamed. <laughs> he put his hand up straight away, but it wasn't his first time. He did a little bit of a uh, thing, but yeah, that was the only bad outcome. Fortunately, well, you yeah. getting an invite back. Oh, the problem is he's kind of managing the team, so <laughs> can't really fire the boss, can you? <laughs> um, and so then, so you, you sorted that out. Um, are you aware when you go, when you're in the race of like where you're sort of positioned, or do you, does everyone sort of spread out so much that you can't necessarily see if you're like coming first? Or so with the size yachts we were on, which was like sixty in the sixty foot range, there was like three of us going down the whole race together. So we could see each other. But um, in terms of the overall winner, we were unsure, but we just had a, a race between us three the whole way. Right. And then when did you find out you won it? Actually, the day after we got there. Oh, really? Because it's all in the handicaps. and um, Are you going to wait for everyone to, to yeah. finish? Yeah, and there was, another, there was two more yachts still to finish. The previous Hobart winner, Ichivan, bunch of legends. <laughs> Um, they were going pretty good and were coming hot on our tail coming in but um, fortunately the wind shut down and there was a really strong current that just stopped them from getting there so I woke up at about 6 in the morning dusty as hell checked the tracker and saw that we'd, we were still first and they hadn't finished and that was the moment we realised we've, we've just we've done it Jesus Christ What was that celebration like? Holy fuck You can, <laughs> you can tell by the sound of my voice <laughs> And that was months ago <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the 29th Is that your first Sydney to Hobart? Third Third? Yeah Fuck I didn't know you'd done it have you, have you Have you been on Alive the whole time Or a couple of other boats? No I've been on another boat called Bo Jess For the last two times Which is it was a bigger yacht But yeah Is there <clears throat> Is it I know we sort of said at the start, like, you know, you're not on the super maxis with all the fucking... I said they're bringing celebrities on board with yep. and shit and all that ridiculous. But is there... There certainly is more prestige to winning the handicap. Would that, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think that's what... If you're doing... If you're the, a sailor, maybe. If you're if you're doing the Sydney to Hobart, you're out there to win the overall winner, yeah. which is what we got. Yeah. Not the line honours. No, line honours is just... Well, it's obviously awesome, but that's more for... The, there's, there's, only, there's only a handful of boats who yeah. can win that, though, right? Yeah. And they're awesome yachts, but that's their little thing. And they just have that crazy battle they have on the news, but the uh, actual race is for the overall winner. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do on the boat? What's your role? This boat, I was a trimmer and driver. 
trimmer is what? Trimmer means I was um, controlling the sales. Okay. Is that is that that sounds of, important? That sounds fuck. very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, right? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> so, is the trimmer the mo- one of the most important positions on the bow? What's the most important? Well, would you say are they all equally important? Well, in the Sydney Harbour, the navigator's got a really big part of it. Yeah, because he's keeping you in the wind and making sure you're on the fastest angles at all times. And we've just got to, I suppose, make sure that we're keeping up to what he's predicting. Yeah. And so how does he do that? Does he use like weather tools? And yeah. Systems? They've got all these programs. They're, they're pretty nerdy, those blokes. So like, are they like not really the sailors on the boat? They're, they're like on computers, like bleep, 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 bleep. They're beep, bop, beep, boo, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are good sailors, but they just have a uh, different job part. Yeah. And they love the kind of pressure. But then, yeah, we were fortunate enough to have a... Uh, a navigator that's actually run yachts up on the reefs. Before. Oh, shit. Thank God there's no reefs on the way to Hobart. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking to myself on the way in. <laughs> is there like, well, obviously they don't do it anymore because apparently they're quite nerdy, these navigators. But is there, was it back in the day, would there be people that sort of ha- almost had a sixth sense for the winds? Oh, like, there's, there's gurus in every sport, isn't yeah. there? That, you know, there's people that tell you... Five weeks out, oh, we're going to have a bloody nor'easter the whole way. And you're like, oh, mate, come on, get out of it. You know, we don't even know what the tide's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I suppose there is. But it um, it all, you know, you, at, at this, at, on race day, you kind of have your final briefing on the way out and you give, a, give the first day, like the first day is a very thorough plan of what we want to achieve. Mm. And then from that you see how it's all changing and how we're progressing and then you kind of adapt from that and that's where the navigator's got to do their jobs and just just nail it. How much time did you sleep in that 48 hours? Um, we did watches of four hours on, four hours off and that lasted about, fuck, not long. So I was awake for the last 18 hours of the race. Shit. Are you frothing or are you tired? Jesus, at times, you're, yeah. you're absolutely flipping at the bits. But it must be fucking hard, like three in the morning, dark. One, one of the guys had this caffeine gum that was pretty magical. And <laughs> meth got, gum? Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to say meth. <laughs> or that we had a twisty pipe, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but we chewed on it. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we knew that we were in a, a pretty good spot. And um, a few of us decided that if we stay on the boat, we can push it as hard as we can for the next... You know, 10 to 12 hours, but I just lost the memo and I I missed my four hours off. <laughs> and do you even sleep in those four hours or are you kind of just too jacked? Or I guess if you're fucking rooted. Yeah, you, you you definitely do. You get you go down for four hours if if you get the entire four hours down and you, you'll get a good couple of hours of sleep. Mm. But mainly it's just resting out yeah. of the wind, out of the elements, out of the uh, the lollies on the, on the side of the boat and things like that. What is it at, like at night time? I imagine it's... For me personally, it would be terrifying. But are you sort of obviously maybe depends on the weather and the the ocean. But is it pitch black? Is it starry as hell? Well, sometimes it's phenomenal, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, that race it was there was kind of half a moon, so it was actually kind of lit up. And um, for the first night, there wasn't too much cloud cover, so it's actually you'd be amazed how bright it actually is. Mm. But then once the clouds come over, it's dark. And all you can see is just the instruments. So that's got to be a bit. Is that a bit disconcerting? Well, you, 
it, at times it is like, but if you go into it, it's not too bad. But it's kind of the worst when in the morning, when you come out the other side and you go, "Holy fuck, these waves are way bigger than we thought they were." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's that's when you're like, "Fuck, we shouldn't have been doing that last oh, night." Oh, really? <laughs> the open ocean to me at night is truly frightening yeah. like if I was to come out of the boat and into that I would have a fucking full blown panic attack. absolutely well look I mean as we sort of move on from the Sydney to Hobart congratulations again true um, can you I remember you telling me a story back in the day about like the, the gnarliest sort of situation you got into when you were sailing and I believe it might have been like down South Australia or, like the yes. southern part of Australia where like you almost sort of were dead fucking nightmare yeah, what happened there? Oh, I was just young, dumb, full of calm, trying to do all <laughs> these cool things. But we, um, we were taking one of the boats that had finished the Sydney to Hobart and he um, only lived in Perth. So we, I was dumb enough to sign up and take the voyage from Hobart to Perth. And we just had a skipper that was pretty inexperienced and decided that um, there's just those huge storms that come across the bottom. You know, you see him on, you know, you see him on the news. Yeah. And this legends give us like, oh, I'll take that on. I'll go, I'll go below one. It's like, what do you mean? And uh, we tried to go below it. And uh, we're pretty much dead south of Western Australia by about 800 nautical miles. And it, it just went into full movie mode. The, the, the waves picked up. The wind picked up. Shit started breaking. People were crying. A couple of people got injured. How big were the waves? Oh, on the charts, it said it was 12 to 15 metres. It's oh, fucking wow. huge. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Like perfect storm stuff? Yeah. You remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Clooney and, and Wahlberg. It was like perfect storm, but better. Times a thousand. Yeah. It was almost like sharks, snakes on a plane or something. It was that good. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it, it, we, um, we were very lucky to kind of get through that storm it was um it was a pretty bad situation to be in and as i said people people got injured and the boat started breaking and what was breaking on the boat oh we ripped one of the wheels off the yacht so what, what do you, you mean steal wheels? you steer oh steering wheels, wheels. yeah oh, oh, one of the steering wheels. Oh, the girl that was on deck at the time got a wave came over and threw her across the boat and um she just took out a, a full-on wheel and that's why she got injured so she had to go downstairs and, uh, yeah, it was left with just three of us for 12 hours. Oh, my God. Just having the best time <laughs> in this <laughs> sensational storm that we were so happy to be in. And so what, what, what are you doing there? What's, what's the fucking plan? Are you just trying to ride it out? Fully riding it out. Yeah. That's <laughs> all. So the sails are like... Yeah, so we, so we pulled down the sails and we put up what they call the storm sails. Right. And they are just... These very small sails that just kind of keep the boat level a little bit, give you power to, so you can still move forward. Mm. And um, we had those going. But um, the waves are so big that no matter what you did, every now and then there'd, there'd be a huge wave coming and you just see 15 foot of white water come at you. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> and and you, just, you just get laid out. Like, you're strapped in? Yeah, strapped in. Yeah. And oh, you'd have to be strapped yeah, in. Well, yeah, I would hope almost, so. Come on, Tom, you know better than that, strap in. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then the boat just literally gets laid over 90 degrees and you you hold on, slide a little bit down. This so it basically flips over to the water Yeah. and then and then pops back up. Yeah, after you just get filled up with water and your sinuses are cleared and 
Yeah. Oh, bro. So, so you're essentially, Christ. are you kind of in the water? Yeah. Oh, bro. Feels like you're in the surf. Yeah, wow. And how long did this happen for? Like, how long were you in this? This whole ordeal yeah. lasted us about 12 hours. <laughs> oh, dude. It's like an acid trip where you're just praying for it to finish. Not that I've done it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just Nor like, going, oh, well, we're in it now. We're in it now. We just got to ride this bitch out. And was there a moment where... That's a long time to be riding that bitch out, though, going <laughs> yeah, fucking dude. 90 degrees. That's a good trip. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so was there a moment where you thought, like, all right, this, you're actually, this might be it? Or was that, like, what it kind of felt like for 12 hours? You have a lot of adrenaline rushing. Like, and um, I suppose you just... Like, I, I was young. I was only 19 at the time, so I was super young, you know, looking good. But um, I was a bit naive, I suppose, to the whole situation. So that kind of was in my favour. But um, if I was in that situation now, I'd be fucking sending pigeons, smoke signals. I'd be praying to God. Did you put out an SOS? No, we didn't have to get that stage, fortunately. The owner of the yacht um, (laughs) had the Navy on standby for our last position sent to them. Was he a bit like... When you arrived with the boat completely fucked, like, what the hell happened to you guys? I thought you were meant to be bringing this boat to us and you've brought it in this, like, do you know what I mean? Is there anything like, obviously, already be angry at the skipper for being like, what the fuck, dude? Why'd you take No, he, he, he was just happy to see everyone was okay. Okay, fair call. Like, because someone had to go to get a couple of stitches, but uh, he was just over the moon that everyone um was actually okay because it was, it was super, it was a fucking bad situation. And how many of you were on the boat? Six. Right. And three went downstairs. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mum was crying. Mum was injured. Another bloke was like, oh, I just don't want to fucking do it. He just bailed on it. Yeah, he didn't want a part of it. Is that a bit... But, aren't you, a, but you are a, a part of it, though. Yeah, whether you want to be or not. Isn't that like a bit of a sailing faux pas to dog the boys, as it were? 100%. Yeah, right. So you wouldn't be sailing with him ever again. Oh, man, I'm not going to buy him a schooner, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Jesus Christ. He doesn't deserve one. Not at all. So... Doesn't seem to me like imagine if you're on the Titanic, right? You can't just go downstairs and go, I'm not a part of it. Yeah, no, you're in so, it, you know, you, well, you whether can, you want to or not. You can, but you're gonna freeze to death and die. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Which is what he's done metaphorically speaking. Yeah, well he's been Put as a dribblers, today's episode brought to you by Good Day, the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe based thing. Big shout out to the the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love you. Punters and Dribblers, the podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse, 
Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, there's also obviously the about even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit, having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, I don't. liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY... You get fifty bucks off the case. There if you, you buy go. two cases, you get a hundred bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say. Go to hellosport.shop, bang, rose on there, code manly, fifty bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler and we're just like let's get this vintage out there to the people that yep. want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. Frozen out of the uh sailing fraternity. Him off. Should have huh? make him walk the plank. <laughs> So how do you how how do you get to be on these boats? Are you approaching skippers? Are they approaching you? Like, have you just do you have like this? a do you have like a highlights reel they can yeah. see on YouTube? Yeah, but I don't think it's to do with sailing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's the way I get my work is it's just it's just word of mouth and a bit of networking and yeah. you you sail with people, you get along with them, and then they do things and. You send them an email saying, oh, I'm going to be in this part of the world or whatnot. And then it just kind of just stems from there. Mm. Seems like a pretty hectic uh, lifestyle. Like you are just a full-time professional sailor. Is that correct? Well, not necessarily full-time, but a like, as in you don't have any other job, do you? No, I don't have a job. No, that's right. Like you are just a sailor. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's wild. So where was, because we've been trying to get you on for a, for a potty since you uh, won the Sydney to Hobart. Again, congratulations. Cheers. Um, but no, you know, you've had to you've had to bounce off to a couple of places, haven't you, since the start of the year? Where have you gone? Yes, I've been up to Brisbane, and then I spent the last month in the Caribbean. Fuck you. Went to Jamaica, man. How was that? Yeah, I was fucking miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. Yeah. <laughs> But then uh, from Jamaica, I we sailed up the Caribbean Sea over to an island called Antigua, which is where all the um, the big super yachts and the chain of islands where everyone takes all their big gigantic boats to. And we had a race called the Caribbean Six Hundred, which is around those islands. And that's where I've been. And how up. what's how is that? Is it is it like just amazing? It was it? off the fucking hook. Yeah, right. You just board shorts each day, hanging out, warm just water, living. sailing, just living. You know? Doing what the people hate that you're doing. <laughs> Did you win anything up there? No, we had to retire. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a major issue with the top of the rig and things were starting to pull out. So we actually had to retire about 12 hours from the end of the race. Fuck. And how long was the race to that point? So the race was, it was 600 miles, but we were about 480 in. 
Right. And so we had about 12 hours to go. And we're going pretty good. We we're looking at a podium finish. But uh, So is that all of your work now, racing specifically? Probably about 80%. Right. And what's the other 20%? Uh, I do some of the teams I race with. I do some maintenance on right. getting prepped for the for the regattas or races. So you said you crashed out. Is that is there a party? Obviously you want to win, but then you're in Antigua and it's fucking just a squirter of a time. And then you crash <sighs> out. Are you just kind of like, oh no, got to go back early. Well, the problem was it, it literally is in the middle of the night, like as cliche as it can fucking oh, get. Right. Okay. And um, fortunately. We were upwind of Antigua, so the motorhome was easy. Yeah. But the beautiful part of it was the uh, the owners, he was a really good bloke, and he just loved getting on the piss, and he said, uh, well, boys, it was going to be a lunch and a dinner, but now it's breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and it was breakfast, lunch, and I didn't quite make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever raced in the America's Cup? have not. Is that a goal of yours? Oh, I don't know if it's a realistic goal, to be honest. Why not? I just... The guys that are doing it are just next-level fitness. Most of them are past previous Olympians. And I, I, they're just in the next league of sailing. Like, I'm I'm just not up to, to their standard. What is it that... What would you have to do to get to that level? Well, well for example, one of the... People that's sailing in one of the Grand Prix series now is Kai Hurst. The, oh, he's uh, the, the Iron Man. Uh, the open water swimmer and shit, yeah. isn't he? But just because of his extreme fitness, he's now a professional sailor. I didn't ah. realise it was that demanding, fitness wise. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit too much Christmas pud. Yeah, <laughs> really. So it's. So, I mean, obviously he just had. Has he sailed? He's obviously got to have sailed to some fucking degree. No? No, not at all. So that's puzzling to me slightly. Why is that? So it used to be, the America's Cup used to be a traditional yachts. Mm. How it was, you know, like the, the monohull sail and 20 people on the boat and the grinders, as yeah. you saw, and mm. all happening. But now uh, due to technology and all these kind of things, you've just got to constantly generate power for the boat. And so fitness is... The best thing ever. Right. So you're talking specifically for America's Cup type sailing here. The fitness is... America's Cup. And then also there's another series called the F-50s, which was just in Sydney the other week on the harbour. These hydro-falling boats. Oh, yeah. The ones that come out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. When you say generate power, what do you mean by that? So to run a winch, you have to... It uses hydraulic power. Yeah. And to create pressure and stuff for the hydraulics, you have to create energy or charge something up so they have to grind or you know do something to make create the energy to power that thing because you're not allowed to use the engine so Kai's just sitting there grinding on something dude the guy's just going nuts (laughs) (laughs) just grinding it's unbelievable he's just grinding it out they should just get a bunch of horny 15 year olds who are out there and just use some sort of tugging power Put them on beeg.com, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, what? Wait, wait, what? Yeah, beeg.com. Yeah. Downstairs on the TV. I don't know what that is. Strapped up to their arm. Yeah, make sure you've got good internet. <laughs> the boys will get you around the track. <laughs> <laughs> we just need Wi-Fi. Oh, if only you had Wi-Fi. Fuck. So, so you don't have any, so as you were saying, you don't have any sort of, 
desi- like desire to go. No, I'm, I'm cut vibes. Where I'm going with sailing, I'm I'm chasing a different avenue. I suppose I'm just being realistic with what I can achieve and where I can go, and I'm just doing something that I love. So where do you spend most of your time? Do you think are you overseas more? Or are you are you back home? More? Most of my time is in the states, in the, the US. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year, a bit of time in Europe, and I'm. I'm hopefully going to be, do a bit more time in Europe again this year. But, uh, yeah, ma- majority of the time I'll spend like six months in America and the rest of that I'm not really too sure I am, to be honest. Like last year was a bit of Asia, mm. Philippines, Hong Kong. I went surfing for a little while in between, but... Of course. You know, of course. you got to yeah, Will, is, you're, a, you're a Mad Cane, Manly Seagulls fan, Northern Beaches oh, of Sydney, geez. loves the surf, loves the schooner, loves the Manly what's Seagulls, a, gets around good, the uh, Loves the Eagles Watch as well. a good Maddo highlights of it, actually. Oh, yeah, shoulders of justice. Oh, Just watch him iron fuckers out. <laughs> I mean, come on. One of the great ironers in world sport. Mate, if they want me to power the America's Cup boat, get me downstairs with Maddo highlights and I'll <laughs> tug Holy for fuck the nation. <laughs> I'll tug those ropes so good. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'll get those boats around the course <laughs> in no time. I'll get the heave-ho. <laughs> so do you find yourself getting lonely at all when you're going on these long stints overseas? Or you got a good crew around you of lads? And lasses that like to have a good time and, you know, you're pretty friendly with? Yeah, well, so I'm fortunate enough that I've got, like, friends over in America that put me up and I stay with. So I've got a pretty good network over there. Like, obviously, you miss home. Mm. You miss Brookie over. Of course. As, on a Sunday afternoon. No, I mean, come HD, HD light. You know, yeah. boys getting around the park. But um, the uh, sailing community is pretty... It's, it is big, but it is pretty small. So you're always kind of hanging out with friends and having a yarn, you know. So it's... um. You know, there's no place like home. No, exactly right. You're still call straight. No matter yeah. what city, how wide, yeah. how far I roam, whatever that's. There's song nothing is. like home and away and summer bay and things like that. So yeah, you always come yeah, back yeah. to that. But absolutely, you know. how do the we'd stack up pretty well on the world stage, wouldn't we? The Aussies, is as sailors. Yeah, they're like, it's the Aussies and the Kiwis. So really? The, yeah, that, I always forget the Kiwis. Kiwis are fucking legit. Why is? What's all that about? Well, Kiwis are kind of like diet Aussies, you know what I mean? It's kind well, of they're like, diet Aussies. They're sure. diet. The so, because okay. we're good at it, they'd well, be good at it. Yeah, exactly. Better be, better be careful here, boys. What's that? I could bring a bit of Mario on you. Well, mate, we're half Kiwi as well. Yeah, so we're, we're actually... all, this is actually a very pro-manly, oh, pro Oh, well, look at us. Go, go. <laughs> go to the All Blacks. <laughs> we actually are legitimately half Kiwi. Yeah, so. represent. represent. Aotearoa. Hey. Um, well for the boys. Ever seen any? What's like any crazy animals you've seen out on the ocean? You've seen whales, sharks, any great whites. Whales, I've never ever seen a big shark, and it's all I want to see. Mm. I want to see the what's that movie called? The the megalodon. Megalodon. Oh, see, megalodon with uh, Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah, see yeah. that bald-headed bloke riding a big-ass Noah past the boat. That would just make me. But <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Really, it just it's. So, do you see? Have you seen any sharks? Only over small ones. I've seen a couple of things, like five or six foot, but nothing, nothing, nothing. big. So, ba- so basically, there's just not much going on out there. There's not much. So between, I started about from Hawaii to San Francisco, mm. the only ocean life we saw was a turtle missing a fin that was pretty much dead. That was it? Yeah, and a bunch of foam. That's a long way. Pretty fucking far. Yeah. What What is the longest distance you've gone? Is that probably that it? was the furthest one? I think that was the biggest ocean passage. Fucking hell! And you saw nothing. Nothing. More beers, boys. Uh yes, please. Jeez, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So just a half dead turtle. Yeah, it was actually pretty miserable. That's kind of sad. Yeah, it's actually pretty pretty heavy. There's just nothing out there. Do you see heaps of rubbish? Heaps. Really? Yeah. Heaps. Like heaps. 
That's we had to. Uh, I had to dive off the boat and cut rubbish like nets off the 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 keel. Really? Mm. Yeah. Fuck. That's so fucked up, eh? Yeah, it's disgusting. It wasn't even birds. Like fuck. What? So I mean, but is that? Do you think that is like a? Maybe you got no idea, but like, do you think it is because of pollution and overfishing and shit that you're not seeing anything, or it's just kind of like it's just fucking empty Dude, out there? You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's like, just like it's kind of a desert. It's right? like it's like a watery yeah. desert. It's like if you're in the middle of Australia, you're not gonna see fucking shit tons of awesome wildlife. Hey, yeah. it's no. a desert. No. Yeah, that's true. Unless like airs, you know, going nuts, but yeah, it just doesn't happen. Right. And so you wrote. Did you sail at school? Yeah. Oh, sort of. Not Mate, till, when not you till like the captain end. captain of sailing? Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been modern. modern. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. No, but I, I didn't want to sail at school. I, I like playing other sports, but the last two years, I realised I could get out of detentions and things like that, so I used it to my power. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> now, uh, you know, sailors historically, Eddie, uh, you know, like to, like to put a bit of work in. They're, 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 uh, they like to work. They like to work. They're obviously also well-received by the general public. They were obviously well-known in the war times to be, you know, throbbers of sorts. They'd get around. Everyone embraced them. And, and not only that, but an Australian sailor. How is it being... Uh, do, do people just sort of like hear your accent, hear that you're a sailor, and just sort of like throw themselves at you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah, well, well, I'm glad that's settled. No, we've sorted that, sort one, of out. that one out. Perfect. No, some some places that um, obviously the accent's pretty good, but I don't think it has anything to do with sailing. But I suppose in Australia, sailing's not you know too much of a sport, so it's not actually too well recognised. But when you go over to America and you do regattas, people are just absolutely losing their marbles over stuff like. It's pretty cool to see and receive and things like that. So people like actually like sometimes you feel like, holy crap, I'm actually a, an athlete. Yeah, well, that's a, like because <laughs> that you're actually a, it, the the thing is you are an athlete. You're a professional athlete. I know. I mean, if we're gonna give it to race car drivers, yeah, one hundred percent. We like, give it to sailors. 100%. Sailors are athletes. You 100%. win an Olympic medals and shit. Obviously not you yet, well, like but ping you pong, could. Ping pong players would say they're athletes. Well, oh, but they are I mean? phenomenal. Yeah, they are. Hey, look, they are. They're skilled, and I'll give them that title. But it is funny to think and to know you to think of you as actually a professional athlete, like rugby world cup hero Sam Carter, friend of the show, professional rugby playing athlete, gigantic, big, muscle, muscly, human. jacked, huge glutes, world cup hero, world and cup just, hero. And then there's me, just this gorgeous blue-eyed, moustached, northern slim, beaches surfer, slim, surfing. wiry, every bit of six one six two. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can fudge it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you say that the the Americans are fanatical, are they are they sort of are they fanboying you? Are they hitting you up for like interviews and conversations? Are they do they know who you are? Do they have posters of you on the wall and shit? Or is it a, or is it a bit more? Well, I don't know how civilized than that. Don't know how many girls have my poster, but <laughs> I've signed a couple. But there was a cool. Thing I did, I went to Sweden for um, a regatta and it's called Match Cup Sweden. And at the time, it was the third biggest sporting event that Sweden held. Wow. And it was on an island called Marstrand. And when you went there, you actually were a celebrity. Really? 
Yeah. And you wore you like your team gear and everyone knew who you were, knew your name, knew what part of the boat you're on. Are you kidding? Jesus. I'm not kidding. It was the loosest thing I've ever been a part of. Really? That's yeah. a bad place to do it either, Sweden. Oh, absolutely not. That sounds sure. fantastic. Yeah, like and uh, each night like restaurants would host you and then So you didn't lift a finger, basically. I didn't lift a finger, you know, lifted a few other things, but <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it was actually kind of a bizarre feeling because you actually got approached by people and, and that was when I was only about 23, 24, so it was quite early on. It was a pretty bizarre experience, but Jesus, when you're in Sweden, everyone's having a good time frothing on it. You're, Absolutely. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. So we're talking about training. Obviously, the Kai Hurst of the world have just had this saloon passage into uh, some of the sailing because they're fitness freaks. Do you do any training? Yeah. What do you do? I do I do a lot of stretching. Right. Like I am um, yoga and shit or just literally stretching. Stretching. I've, I've got I've got a few exercises. You I've, warm up basically for exercise. No, it's stuff. generally it's generally post racing. Right, right. When you do your most stuff. Like I do exercise. I go I go running, believe it or not, Burma. I know I'm struggling to <laughs> yeah. see you exercise. Well, look at these long pins, mate. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> You can't keep this thin if you don't run. No, that's true. He is in, he is in pretty good nick. He is in good I'm looking nick. at him and I'm looking at you. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah look. I'm not one to talk Yeah, to I think you need to be very careful. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I do try to exercise and things like that, but um, with, you do a lot of traveling, so it's hard to get in solid programs, but you know, you, you do a push-up here and there or... <laughs> You know, do a crunch or stretch the hammy, you know. Yeah. But but um, after sailings, like when you got to look after it, because generally your body's pretty fucked. Yeah. So you got to, the recoveries, if you do a good recovery, then you... What's that, what's a recovery look like? Like what is, uh, what are you doing? Oh, about three bowls of rosé, four schooners and <laughs> rum and coke. <laughs> and then, uh, but no, I yeah, I, I've got like a little routine you get into, you loosen the body up and just keep it fresh and nibble just after if, you're playing when you're playing first 15, mate. You know, you're a bit oh, yeah, sore yeah. the next day. Hey, I'm glad you brought it up, mate. I didn't have to this time. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. every podcast, straight. every podcast. Oh, damn it, I shouldn't have. <laughs> no, no, that's right, mate. Hey, that was you. That was you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it is. You know, you're, you're obviously sore after, so you got to have your ways of recovery, and everyone has their own ways of doing it. So, I'm assuming there's no beep tests in uh, in sailing. What do you mean? I do one every second week. Oh, do you? There you go. See, no, one, I know, I know you're talking shit here, but we are uh, we've. We, are, we were speaking to Nick Phipps, who plays for the Wallabies the other day, and then a dude, uh, Dylan Buckley, who plays for GWS. And oh, I, we, were just sort of, we were just sort of assuming that these motherfuckers still have beep tests as like part of their sporting well, training as, well and fitness. Well, it was separating the men from the boys. You know what I mean? It, we, it was the way it was back in school, and they're like, no, dude, we don't fucking do beep tests anymore. So I I was, I'm glad to hear they're still alive they're still and doing it in the sailing, sailing game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's what we do in the sailing. You know, we're just, you know, forefront of technology, and, yeah. you know, beep test is obviously the best way to treat your fitness. So, yeah. you know, it's what we do. What do you do in the beep, do you remember? Oh, in the beep? Yeah. Oh, I just go back and forth a couple of times. <laughs> Keep beep, bop, beep, yeah, beep. Yeah, but like, do you remember what number you got? What? Oh, I couldn't count that high. No, right. I did general maths, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for coming on, bro. Oh, it's been good fun. Thank you very much it's for having good me. good to see you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All the best uh, for the rest of your flourishing sailing career. Thank you so much. And uh, that's it. We'll be back with a podcast on... 
Wednesday morning, won't we, Eddie? Hey, guys, just want to uh, do a quick shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> to your mum. <laughs> Annie Mac, if you're listening. <laughs> what up, girl? <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I'll be home for dinner. <laughs> oh, let's leave it there. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Could you two just not talk anymore? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.